So we're going to hear from God's word. I'm going to speak to you. I'm, I spoke to you last uh, Sunday on Colossians chapter 4 verse 2 on being devoted to prayer. And I want to continue speaking on that today. Uh, I believe we are in a season of prayer in our church. I mean, a season of renewal where God is renewing our prayer lives. And I believe this is something that God looks in us. You know, if we can learn to pray, if we can learn to pray the way God wants us to pray, I can tell you, God will reveal His secrets, His ways, and the way He works in our life. And, you know, when you face discouragements of all kind, the solution is pray. If you're feeling weak and discouraged, pray. If you're feeling, if you're fearful of some situation, simply pray, because prayer gives you solution from, uh, from every situation, no matter what you're struggling with, no matter what questions you might have, simply pray because prayer is powerful. In the past couple of days, past couple of weeks, God's been stirring my heart on the importance of prayer. And I believe, and I believe this, that in the coming days, God wants us to be devoted more and more in prayer. Because, you know, our life has to grow has to grow more than this five-minute prayer, more than a 15-minute prayer, more than a 30-minute prayer, or any kind of traditional prayer. God doesn't want us to be satisfied with the prayers that we are doing, but wants us to grow and pray in such a way that it will impact people around us. You know, I want to pray in such a way that the Mangalore will be changed. Amen. I want to see a change in the city. How many of you want to see that? You know, I desire to see uh, something spectacular happen in the city. I want to pray in such a way that the things in the city will begin shifting and changing. You know, as Christians, prayer is our greatest weapon. The only person the enemy cannot stand against is the one who prays. If a man is found on his knees, the enemy will have no room in his life because prayer is a weapon of offense. It has the power to demolish and destroy the strongholds. How many of you believe that? Amen. So prayer is the greatest weapon that we have and that is what we see in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 18. It reminds us that prayer is vital to our survival. If we do not pray, the enemy will destroy our life at any moment. You see, when we look in the Bible, Paul the Apostle understood the importance and value of prayer. He tells the church at Colossae saying, listen, be devoted to prayer. You see, I, I don't know how your prayer life is today, but I believe God wants you to grow in your prayer life. I don't know how it is, whether it's gone dry or whether it's great. Whatever it is, God wants you to keep on growing. If you, know, if you study the life of David, if you read the Psalms, you will find that in every situation, what did David do? He prayed. Whether good or bad, he prayed. Whether storms came or whether he had this happiest moment of his life, he always prayed. He learned to pray. You know, Charles Spurgeon said like this, I would rather teach one man to pray than ten men to preach. Amen? That's a beautiful statement. I would rather teach one man to pray than to teach ten men to preach. You see, that's how important prayer is. It's better for us to learn to pray than anything else. Because see, we cannot live a Christ-centered life. We cannot live a Christ-centered life without prayer. We cannot live like Jesus if we do not pray. Many times we have this desire, Lord, more of you and less of me. I want to be like Jesus. I want to portray you in the community. But if we do not pray, 
We cannot live like Jesus in the world, in this earth that God has placed us. Simple, we, we sang, I surrender, I want to know you more. Like a rushing wind, Lord, breathe within, have your way. Lord, have your way with me. You know, we cannot accomplish God's will without prayer. Prayer is the key to everything in life. Our teaching, our ministry, everything that we'll do will be, will be in vain if we do not learn to pray. Charles Spurgeon said like this, a prayerless soul is a Christless soul. I want you to remember this statement, very important. A soul that doesn't pray is a soul that lacks Christ. A prayerless soul is a Christless soul. Church, I, I want you to really understand this. God wants you to be devoted in prayer. Enough of time, enough of those times we have skipped prayer. Enough of the times we have skipped prayer to attend other functions. Enough of the times we have skipped prayer because we are too busy to pray. It is time to be devoted in prayer. You know, I, I believe this. God is in this place this morning looking for people who will pray. Looking for people who will be devoted to prayer. God is looking for people who will be persistent in prayer. God is looking for people who will wake up in the middle of the night and will stand in the gap for their friend who is taking drugs. God is looking for people who will stand for their friends who are destroying their life, lives in the pubs of Mangalore. God is looking for people who will intercede. God is looking for people who will be on their knees at any moment to pray. You see, my desire is this, as I, as I share this with you, my desire is that you would be devoted more to prayer. Amen? My desire is all of, all of us will be prayer warriors. All of us will be found on our knees. I was meditating on the life of Nehemiah this morning. Uh, we know Nehemiah was the one who rebuilt the wall in Jerusalem. And as he was rebuilding the city, there were, there were, and I was looking at the Old Testament culture. They hear, they, they get a threat from Sanbalat and some Arabs in their locality, in their surroundings. And what do they do? They continue the work, but they carry a sword in their hand. And the Bible says like this, that they would carry one thing and they would also have a weapon in their hand. I was thinking to myself, you know, when we face the threat of the enemy, you know, we are in the New Testament period. We don't have to carry a sword. We will be put in jail if we do. God, doesn't, God is not saying that. Rather, when we face the threat of the enemy, we should keep on going forward with prayer in our hand. The sword that we have is prayer. And that is what can destroy the works of the enemy. Every stronghold of the enemy can be destroyed in prayer. Amen. If you believe that, say a loud hallelujah. hallelujah. One more time. A loud hallelujah. Amen. So let's, let's go into the verse. We're going to meditate on that. We're going to look at another way to uh, be devoted in prayer. So let's go to Colossians chapter 4 verse 2. Let me read it for you. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. You see the word devoted here uh, comes from the Greek word prokeresterio. It means to persevere in an activity. This is what it means. You're doing a job. You face opposition, but you keep going ahead. You're doing a job. You're facing discouragement. You keep going ahead. So what is Paul saying? You pray. You may not get an answer sometimes, but keep praying. Just imagine this situation. You're praying for somebody for several years. No answer. But you're still praying. 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 Praying till you find an answer. That is what Paul is talking about saying. Be devoted in prayer. And that is the kind of devotion. 
that we should have in prayer. Because sometimes, you know, in our Christian life, we have to swim in the opposite direction. The current, the, the waters will be moving in one direction, but you'll have to swim in the other direction. And you may feel like, Lord, what is the point of praying for so long when everybody is opposing me? What is the point of praying when nothing is, is, is working? But God says, be devoted in prayer. Be devoted in prayer. If it doesn't come today, it may come tomorrow. It may come next week, but don't stop praying. Devoted to prayer simply means go on even in the face of opposition. No matter what you face, no matter what kind of discouragement comes, keep going on. Amen. So this is the kind of devotion that we should have towards prayer. Now, how do we build a devoted prayer life? I want to focus on this more. Last week, we learned on how to be persistent, that we have to pray and not give up. And we see this woman who wanted justice, who keeps on going to this ruler who didn't care about God nor about people and finally she gets justice. And this man says, I don't care about God, I don't care about people but because this woman is pressing me and because I do not want this woman to do anything to me, I'm going to grant her justice. Jesus uses that example and says, look at this ruler who doesn't care about God, doesn't care about people. If he can be if he can answer this woman's request, then how much more will your heavenly father do? That is what we saw last week, how to be persistent in prayer. So second way to build a devoted prayer life is to pray, is to pray without ceasing. Turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 17. The second way to build a devoted prayer life is to pray without ceasing. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17. This is a very easy verse to memorize. If you feel so inspired one day morning and you just wake up and you say, I want to memorize a verse, turn to this passage. It's made of two words. If you're in a different translation, it'll be three words. Okay? In the NIV, what does it say? Pray continually. If you're in the ES ESV translation, it'll say, pray without ceasing. Very simple. To remember but a very important verse so this is a very simple instruction to follow and you know when we look at this verse there is, there's a beautiful meaning that comes out of this pray without ceasing Paul writes like this to the church at Thessalonica and he says church pray without ceasing and this is a phrase that we have heard quite often you know if you've been in the church circles you've heard this very often Pray without ceasing. I remember hearing this as a kid and I'm like, oh no, no games then. Uh, because I, I was brought up in a church all my life and uh, my vacation was fasting prayer. <laughs> you know, if, 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 uh, if the school gives you a holiday on Republic Day, Independence Day, my dad will have a uh, fasting prayer on Independence Day. Uh, some prayer on a, on a uh, like, you know, other families would go to a park with their parents and enjoy. But my vacation was in church. I would connect the sound system and carry it all. <laughs> that was my job. And so I remember hearing this, pray without ceasing. I was like, wow, already I'm doing so much. <laughs> Beyond this. But as we look at this verse, it's a very simple instruction, but reminds us of something beautiful. Let me say this. See, there are prayers we do as a group. Yes, we, we get together and we pray, hold hands and pray. And also there are prayers we do personally. This refers to a personal time of prayer. I'm going to get to the meaning very soon. Just follow along with me. So the instruction is this. 
pray continually and pray without ceasing. So there's a reason why Paul writes this verse. If you look at the context, if you, if you go to 1 Thessalonians, just go to that passage. And if you read verse 16, 17 and 18, there are three things that Paul says. Okay? 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 16, he says, rejoice always. Okay? Verse 17, pray without ceasing. Verse 18, give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So basically, if you, if you look at the context, he's telling the church, these are three things. Three things that you as a church should do. There is rejoice, pray, and give thanks in all circumstance. And these three things, Paul says that it is, what is it? It is the will of God for them. That God desires that they always rejoice, pray and give thanks in all circumstance. So let's focus on pray without ceasing. So if you look at the word pray without ceasing, this is what it means. Now listen carefully, there are two layers of meaning to this. Okay. Now writing to a church, in a church context, the first layer of meaning is this. Pray as a church. The first layer of meaning is pray as a church. The second layer of meaning is this, pray privately. I want you to focus on the second layer of meaning. Now here's the thing, here's the thing. You can pray together better as a church if you first learn to pray privately. Sometimes, you know, we like to, uh, if you go to YouTube, there are a lot of videos of men praying. Uh, if, you, if you just type uh, prayers to break bondage, there's a man praying. So there are prayers that, that you might find there. And sometimes it will be an easy solution. And I've seen people do that. If they want to uh, spend some time with the Lord, they will turn on somebody praying and they will listen to them. Okay, that's not a private time of prayer. What Paul is saying is this, and there's a very important significance to this. He's saying prayers at church, more importantly, pray privately. See, it's very easy to pray when you're around people. It's very easy to pray when you're with friends. Very easy to pray. When you're in church, it's very easy to worship the Lord. But what about when you're all by yourself? Paul is talking about the effectiveness of praying together as a church. He's saying pray continually. What it means is this, pray as a church. More importantly, learn to pray all by yourself. Sometimes we desire that we had prayer partners, you know. People will pray with us because we feel better when we pray with someone. Anybody felt like that? You don't have to raise your hands. <laughs> we feel like our prayers will be more effective when we have somebody to pray along with us. Somebody who can say amen to what we are saying. But if you look at this instruction, pray continually or pray without ceasing, it encourages us to pray as a church, but more importantly, Pray privately and spend private time all alone in prayer. Why? Because we can pray better together if we first learn to pray all by ourselves. If not, this is what happens. You see, if our prayer is dependent on a group, if it's dependent on a friend, if it's dependent on a spouse, or if it's dependent on a YouTube video, then we are looking forward to them to push forward our prayer. 
we are looking forward to them to motivate us to pray if we are in a group of people to pray we think oh my prayer life is strong but what god looks is when nobody is around you are you praying it's easy to pray when you're in a group of people who are praying because you're in that in that in that atmosphere and it's easy to pray it's easy to say a lot of things less distractions but when you're all by yourself how is your prayer life paul is saying pray as a church but more importantly pray privately the way to build up healthy prayer life is to first learn to pray all by yourself all by yourself all by yourself learn to pray privately you see we shouldn't be dependent on the pastor to conduct fasting prayers so that our spiritual life can grow can i say that again we shouldn't be dependent on the pastor to pray with us so that we can become greater we can feel more blessed we have to learn to pray all by ourselves first even before anything we shouldn't be dependent on our family to help us pray better rather we should learn to pray on our own we shouldn't depend be dependent on a tv program to inspire us to pray we shouldn't be dependent on an intercession whatsapp group or anything to pray we should learn to pray all by ourselves and that is what this verse means pray without ceasing we should learn to build a private time of prayer in our lives why do i say all this the effectiveness of our prayer in the public depends on how much time we spend in the private it's easy to go on stage and and make a big noise and pray loudly god is not impressed with that anybody can do that even the pharisees did that they would make loud prayers they would show themselves they when they are fasting they would make loud prayers and make it obvious that they are praying and people would look at, look at them and say oh look how religious they are jesus wasn't bothered by it what god cares is how is our private prayer life how is our private prayer life are we dependent on somebody to motivate our prayer life do we need somebody to pray with us or do we pray on our own how is our prayer life today first thessalonians 5:17 paul says pray continually pray without ceasing which means pray as a church but more importantly learn to pray all by yourself church understand this building a private prayer life is really 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 important it's very important we should we should stop depending on others to pray rather we should we should learn to pray by our own selves we should learn to pray by our own selves because only when we learn to pray by our own selves it will be very easy to pray when we are in the public so the question is this how do we build a private prayer life how do we build a private prayer life there are four ways to build a private prayer life i want to give this practical instruction this is very simple many of you may know this but this will serve as a reminder for you to help you build a private prayer life amen because building private prayer life will make a big difference in our life i've been in church all my life i've attended so many services that i should have been saved by the time i went to bible college i was the worst of the worst by the time i was in second year i was really bad but the moment i started praying on my own when i was in the third year of bible college sometimes we think going to bible college will help us grow spiritually uh, in fact th- th- there's a trend in the bible college if you are in the 
if you're a first year student, first semester, you will be on fire for God. Uh, by the time you come to your second year, you'll be with a girl. Uh, by the time you're in the third year, you would have lost your vision. That's, that's a trend in the Bible college. The first semester, I remember my uh, batchmates coming to me and saying, we should do something for God, we should do something for God. At the end of this whole course, he was into drugs. Really, I'm, I'm not joking. This happened in a Bible college, my batchmate. Sometimes we, we, we think, okay, we are in a place where it will you know, motivate us to pray, but if we don't learn to pray all by ourselves, if we don't learn to stand on our knees all by ourselves, the enemy can defeat you in an instant. We cannot escape just because we pray in a public or just because we are listening to a, uh, to a professor teaching theology. We cannot escape like that. If we don't learn to bend our knees and pray, the enemy can defeat us any moment. Paul reminds the church, pray without ceasing. So how do we build a private uh, prayer life? How do we build a healthy private prayer life? Very simple, three ways. First is commit to a time of prayer. If you want to build a private prayer life, first of all, you have to commit to a time of prayer. Now I emphasize on this, and I've spoken this many times in church, because when you commit to a time of prayer, Think of it this way. You're giving, uh, setting a time saying, God, I'm going to come and meet with you at this time. And whether we show up or not, God is ready to listen to us. Just imagine if your friend tells you, listen, bro, I'm going to come meet you. And he, you, you are there in the location, but he doesn't show up. Will you be happy? Or you'll be frustrated. Now, I'm not saying God will be frustrated or anything, but you see what, what's happening there. You're not keeping up your word. To build a private prayer life, the first thing you need is that you have to commit a time of prayer. Now, what is that? First of all, you have to set a scheduled time for prayer. You should have a time in the day when you set aside for prayer. Anything comes, any important work comes, you have to put it aside and say, this is my time of prayer. I will not move away from it. Follow it and wake up early in the morning to pray. You know, we have to begin waking up because it is the time to wake up. Our generation is very different now. My generation is very different. We wake up because we have to go somewhere. If there is nowhere to go, just sleep. Hallelujah. That too on a Sunday, oh my goodness, what a sleep. Like, don't talk about a Sunday sleep. It's, it's glorious. Heaven comes down. Angels are walking around. Like, even if a bomb explodes, we'll still be on our bed sleeping. We have to set a time. And we have to wake up because it is time in the morning to wake up. And then we have to set a time to pray. The most important lesson I've personally learned is you have to commit a time to prayer. And sometimes, you know, I fail. I do fail at it. But I keep going back to it because I know God is pleased with me being consistent. Because what God expects in our prayer life is consistency more than anything. And the second part of committing to a time of prayer is this. We have to set a duration to pray. When we sit in prayer, we have to decide how long we are going to pray. Amen. Uh, no 5 minute prayer, no 15 minute prayer. Uh, at least 30 minutes or more. I'm giving you a practical instruction on how to build your prayer life. So when you sit for prayer, you have to decide, okay, I'm going to pray for one hour. And you have to keep up with it. No matter what can come in your way, you've got to stay committed to it. 
So we have to get into the habit of praying at least for an hour or even more than that. That's the first way to build a private time of prayer. That is to commit to a time of prayer. In that we have to have a scheduled time of prayer. And also we have to decide on the duration we are going to pray. When we sit, we have to say, Lord, I'm going to pray for one hour till, till 11.30. Just pray. Don't stop at all. Amen. So that's the first way to build a private prayer life. Because see, when you commit yourself and say, Lord, this is what I'm going to do. What you're doing is you're honoring God with your time. You're telling God, this is my time for you. No matter who comes in my way, no matter even if I get a great business deal or a very important work, I'm still going to sit in your presence and pray. When we commit that, you see, God honors that. God loves commitment. God can take a committed person and can do any, anything with him. The only person that God cannot work with is a person who is not committed. Not committed. And it all begins, prayer all begins with committing this time of prayer, saying, Lord, this time is for you. And I'm going to pray for this much amount of time. I want to honor you. When we do that, our prayer life will start on a good foundation. Amen. So first is, what is the first way to build your prayer life? Commit to a time of prayer. Second is this. Plan your prayer time. Plan your prayer time. So this is a very foundational teaching. Uh, so the way to build your prayer life is to plan your prayer time. Now before you start praying, spend about 5 to 10 minutes and plan your prayer time. Decide on what you are going to pray for. Prepare a list. And as you are preparing, God will bring certain things to mind. What I am encouraging is this. Be organized when you do things for God. Don't be haphazard. So you have to plan your prayer time. Because as you plan, as you prepare a list, what God will do is He'll start bringing things to your mind. He will say, okay, pray for this, pray for this, pray for this. And start putting them down and start keeping those lists of items to pray. Because the greatest enemy to prayer is a random thoughts and an absent mind. How many of you have random thoughts? Doing something, all of a sudden, you're thinking of something else totally unrelated, Maybe 10 years have gone by, you're still thinking of it. Just random, it's like, it just comes out of the blue. That's the biggest enemy to prayer. It can kill your prayer life. So what you have to do is, if you're organized, if you have a list of items in front of you, keep that in front of you. When you are distracted, look at that list, go back into prayer. Because what happens is, when you are not organized, and when you get random thoughts, you forget what you're doing in that moment. You totally lose track of everything. But rather, write it down, keep a list that, that God put in your heart and whenever you are having random thoughts, look back at it and remind yourself of where you were in praying. So as you, as you train yourself that way, I tell you, you know, prayer is more of a discipline. As you discipline yourself to pray, I tell you it will be so easy to pray because when you get to prayer, you know what to do. I have to plan my prayer. Ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, what do I pray for? Lead me, lead me. And Holy Spirit will tell you, okay, this is what you need to pray for. This is what you have to focus on. Write those things down. And then start praying. It's very important. You know, when I started speaking in church, uh, uh, in my dad's church, uh, my dad one day called me and said, he said, come. He said, whether you speak for five minutes or ten minutes, you have to be organized. Very important. Whether you speak for 5 minutes or 10 minutes, be organized. Don't come share your thoughts. Share points with verses. 
And here's what I learned. No matter what, you, what we do in our Christian life, we have learned, we should learn to be organized. We have to learn to be organized because, you know, God loves discipline and order. See, our God is a God of peace. He's a God of order. He always works in very systematic ways. And if we can also work in His ways, a very disciplined, orderly manner, planned and organized, I tell you, it'll be the best. We will have a very, very productive time of prayer. Otherwise, you know what will happen? You would have prayed for one hour, jumped up and down, spoken in tongues. You come out, you will still be dry and empty. Why? Because you didn't focus on what God want you, wanted you to focus on. So it's very important to plan your prayer time. Plan, strategize, ask the Holy Spirit for help. He will lead you. So plan your prayer time. That's the second one. The third one is this. This is the last point and then we're going to spend some time in praying. Develop a habit of praying all night. Hallelujah. Develop a habit of praying all nights. I can tell you this, you know, if you can simply master the art of praying in the night, there's nothing like it. Because one side, you know, your body will want to rest. It's your sleep time, you're, you're used to sleeping. And you will sometimes, you'll be fighting to stay awake. But if you can learn to pray at a time when your body wants to rest, praying all night, I tell you, that's the greatest commitment you can make. If you can learn to make that commitment, develop that habit, I tell you, God will pour out His blessings on you. I've been, I've been immensely blessed with all night prayers. I've been immensely blessed with all night prayers. We should learn to pray all night. All by yourself. All by yourself. If you haven't done that in your life, just try doing it. It's, it's a glorious time of prayer. And I'll tell you the reasons why a little later. When I say pray in the night, I mean from 12 a.m. to 4 in the morning. Or 12 a.m. to 5 in the morning. You have to pray for that long. You just have to pray throughout this time in the night where you have the best time of sleep. You've got to be grounded in prayer. You see, we should not depend on the church or the pastor to help us pray late in the night. We have to develop the habit of praying all by ourselves. All by ourselves. To pray in the night. If you look at the life of Jesus, he did that. Luke chapter 6 verse 12. Let's turn to that passage. Can somebody read that? Luke chapter 6 verse 12. Yes, what does it say? One of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the morning, no, 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 spent the night praying to God. He, you see what Jesus is doing here? You, know, you see what Jesus' lifestyle was? He spent the night. He spent the night praying to God. We have to develop this habit in ourselves where we have to spend the night in prayer in our devotion to God. When we are used to doing something else, when we are used to resting, we have to take the time off and say, I'm going to give this to the Lord. I'm going to spend some time in prayer. I tell you, things have changed in my life because of all night prayers. Things have changed. I remember one day I was, I was talking to somebody around 11.30 in the night. Uh, this was about one and a half, uh, two years ago. And... The call didn't go very well. I was really upset. I was really frustrated. And you know, when you're upset and frustrated, 100, 101 thoughts comes into your mind. Yeah? 
it just tells you okay why are they talking like this maybe you can say this to them maybe you can talk back maybe you can you know fire back at them because it's their mistake all of that and as i was going through that motions the holy spirit reminded me saying pray and that night i remember i just prayed i prayed 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 went on till 3:45 4 in the morning and the next day the same person who spoke to me with a different tone was all right they were back to me they were just very friendly See sometimes you don't have to fight with people you don't have to argue with anybody if you can learn to pray God can change every situation for you And the reason I say in the night is this because you know one side your body will want to sleep another side you you want you've committed to praying And what you what you're doing is as you're committed to praying it'll start to become a very persistent prayer You start to become a very persistent prayer you'll keep on going with one point for 4 hours for fires and when you do that you will see a result in your prayer life because it 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 will develop into a very persistent style of prayer amen so you have to develop this habit of praying all in the night i believe god wants you to pray i really believe i you know god put this word in my heart this morning and and we have to get into the habit of praying all night now let me tell you the reason why we should pray in the night Uh, speaking from a very uh, spiritual warfare perspective since we are doing a study on that now night is the time if you study demonology and uh, all the works of the satan if you if you do a study on that you will understand that night is the time when the followers of satan cast spells or create havoc in the community if you want more insight on the subject i would uh, recommend you to read john ramirez john ramirez was a high priest in the satanic community he was one of the leaders the the topmost leaders in the satanic community but god changed him transformed his life now he is an evangelist and he's written three amazing books i recommend you to buy that three books will only cost you 1400 rupees but they have amazing information about what the enemy does in the night what the enemy does in the night and and he says in his book uh, especially during halloween season what they will do is they'll sleep the whole day prepare themselves for the night to to wreak havoc in the community what they would do is they will cast spells destroy the community destroy the families when everybody is sleeping because typically what happens is in the night in the night we are we are not aware of anything that happens we close our eyes what happens do we see do we have an x-ray vision no our our guard is down you know we're just not very very alert and that is the night when the evil starts moving around in our community and if we can learn to pray let me give you a reference for this psalm 91 was 5 and 6 psalm 91 was 5 and 6 if, if you don't believe in this maybe this verse will convince you okay psalm 91 was 5 and 6 psalm says like this you will not fear the terror of the night he's talking about times in the day what you see what he's saying he's saying you will not fear the terror of the night nor the arrow that flies by day and then he says nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness you see he's talking about times in the day where the evil one is active he's saying terror of the night and pestilence that stalks in the darkness there are ways that the enemy tries to attack us throughout the day and night is one of his major times because we are not very alert we are resting and we are tired but if we can learn to pray at that very night at that very same night when the enemy is trying to destroy our family 
we will be victorious. See, there are times, you know, what the enemy does is that you'll be sleeping. He will give you a dream about your spouse. It'll be a negative dream. And by the time you wake up in the morning, you'll be angry at your spouse for no reason. Just for no reason. In the night, you will see some dreams. He'll put some thoughts into you. In the morning, you'll wake up angry about somebody. But if we can learn to pray, I don't know if you've experienced that. I've experienced that a lot. Like I'd wake up in the morning, all of a sudden I'll be angry at someone. And then I'll realize this is something the enemy has done. Immediately spend time in prayer and everything will become peaceful and calm. Night is the time when the enemy is very proactive. And you have to understand this. We'll, uh, we'll speak more about this this coming week. We'll talk about that. I uh, really recommend you to come to this study. I want to spend some time in prayer. So I'm going to finish uh, soon. So John Ramirez said like this, that he used to cast spells, witchcraft on people in the night. Because night time is the time we are not alert. And so we have to understand the kingdom of the enemy is proactive at night. And if we can learn to be active in the same night and just pray. Just pray. Just praise the name of Jesus. We don't have to say anything spectacular. If we can learn to stay up the whole night and sing songs of praise, I tell you, you will see a great victory in your life. What did Paul and Silas do when they were put in the prison in the night? Did they go off to sleep? Did Paul say to Silas, bro, listen, I'm very tired. I've got a lot of beatings. I need to sleep. No. What did they do? They sang songs together and the foundations of the prison shook. You see what happens? There is a power to praying in the night and we have to develop that habit. You have to develop a habit of praying privately in the night like Jesus did. Jesus prayed all night. Spent the night praying to God. And if we can learn to apply that, if we can learn to add that to our own life, I tell you, your problems will be solved in Jesus' name. Every confusion that you're battling with will be removed in Jesus' name. Amen. Spend all nights in prayer. I tell you, that will build your spiritual life. You will become an unstoppable force for God if you can learn to pray in the night. If you can develop this habit of praying privately. That is what can move mountains. As I conclude, I want to remind you this again. See, don't depend on anybody to help you pray. If you don't know how to pray, just sit in God's presence. God will teach you. He himself will help you. When you do not know what to pray, the Bible says the Spirit speaks through wordless groans. He tells you how to pray. He teaches you. If you don't know what to say, just call on the name of Jesus. I personally know pastors who have many churches. Great men of God. And I've seen them praying. They will sit on the floor and keep calling on the name of Jesus. Just say, Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, they'll go on for us and they will come stand on stage, you'll see a glow on their face. They didn't speak anything spectacular in their prayer time. They just kept praising the Lord for hours and hours together. They come stand on stage, the church grows like anything. Things start to change, things start to move. If you can pray, learn to pray privately, if we can learn to pray Privately, if we can develop that habit, I tell you, our nation will change. The election is coming up. We need to be on our knees. We need to remember our, our state. We need to remember our country. Pray that God will bring the right rulers. Right rulers. I don't care if it's, if, it's, if it's Rahul Gandhi or Prime Minister Modi. 
whoever it is, let God bring the right person. If we can develop a habit of praying privately, saying, Lord, bless our nation. Learn to pray privately. Don't depend on a prayer meeting, on an intercessory group or a fasting prayer group so that you can go and pray there. No, God is not impressed with your public performance. He's impressed with your private performance. How are you when nobody is watching you? Are you praying? Are you praying? Are you devoted? Paul says like this to the church at Thessalonica, pray without ceasing. Pray as a church, but more importantly, pray privately. Pray all by yourself. Because if you learn to pray all by yourself, your public prayer will be very effective. Amen? I want to leave you with this word. Learn to pray privately. Build your private prayer life. Build your private prayer life. And it takes three things. First is commit. Second is plan. And third is develop. Commit to a time of prayer. Plan your prayer time. And finally, develop a habit of praying in the night. If you can build a private prayer time, then you will have a very devoted prayer life. How many of you desire to live according to Colossians 4.2? Be devoted in prayer. If you desire, build your private prayer life. Build your private prayer life.